This is Three Valleys Radio. The heart is a bloom Shoots up through the stony ground There's no room And it's time for another of our In Conversation series. In this town You're out of luck Each week we catch up with a present or former Yobotown player or a celebrity fan to discuss their life within the sport. And we catch up with a bit of their favourite music as well. And this week's guest is former Yobletown striker Adrian Foster. Well, I'm pleased to welcome on today's show my namesake, Adrian, but in this case it's Adrian Foster. Welcome to the show, Adi. Evening, how are you? Um, yeah, all right, I suppose, you know, stuck at home, not doing a lot. I'm still working at the moment. Yeah, yeah, oh, well, that's good, you're not going yeah. hungry yet, then. That's what we want to not hear. Not just yet, no. no. Not nah, just that's what I am. Uh, right, so you were born in Kidderminster, which I didn't realise, um, in 1971, yeah? Yes. And what would you say, what was your first team in terms of, you know, 8, 9, 10, okay. that sort of age group? And there's a team in Kidderminster called Linden. Yeah. Um, and they were set up by uh, a couple of guys. Uh, we went for trials. A load of kids went for trials down on the playing fields. Yeah. And um, I was asked if I wanted to come back and play for the older group rather than playing for the under 10s, I think, 11s. Um, I was asked to play for the year above, but didn't get to manage to play. I was always on the bench. Right. Um, and then I think I got to under 12s and my dad said what if I think you couldn't go from 12s into 13s and play an older group mm. you had to stay in your age group as of from 12 um, so then I played for my age group under 12s and then went from there and just scored loads of goals um, so at what stage did you join West Brom then um, when I was just turned 15 we had a game against their under 16s youth team um, our team did. Um, I left Linden, then they 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 folded, and I played for a team called Hartlebury. And the guy there is the manager. He was um, he had links with Birmingham City, uh, Wolves, Villa, and West Brom, and he had a, he arranged a game to play against their under 16s. Mm-hmm. And I played and scored scored a hat trick, and we uh, lost five three. And they invited me back then for training on Tuesday and Thursday. So you said, sorry, yeah. carry on, carry on. And I trained Tuesday, Thursday for a few months, played a few games. Um, and then we had, they were making decisions against Villa at Poddymore Heath. Yeah. I, we, I scored five and won 5 0, and they offered me a YTS. Oh, must have been chuffed with that, weren't you? Well, yeah. Yeah, especially with them being my team as a kid. Yeah. I support baggers as well, still. So that was the best feeling in the world to, to, to sign for your team you've all supported and watched. 
Yeah, I bet. I can imagine that. You know, it'd be the same as me signing for Man United, wouldn't it? Absolutely yeah, exactly. out of this world, I should think. Yeah, so, um, so you were there for 89, uh, three years then. Um, Altogether, I was there from 15 to 21. Oh, right. Okay, yeah, yeah. And uh, 27 appearances to West Brom. Any of them particularly yeah. stand out in your memory? I suppose your debut would be one of them. Yeah, debut. Um, I made my debut away at Bradford. Don Goodman came off injured. I think his hamstring went. I went on for 20 minutes, I think. Uh, we won that. It was a cup match when you played um, home and away. Yeah. Uh, and we beat Bradford and went through the next next round. Um, and my home debut was on the Saturday against Oldham Athletic. Right. Where, um, a guy called Earl Barrett was marking me. I remember the name. Yeah, I remember the name. Yeah. Um, and that was my first debut when I was 18. Um, my probably favourite moment was scoring at, at Molyneux against the Wolves. Yeah, eighteen. Uh, we lost two one, but I made it one nil, and I think Muchy and Bully scored to make it two one. Uh, but so, um, when you were at uh, West Brom, what league were they in? They were in the Championship. Oh, they still they were in the Championship because they yeah they but it, sort of bounced around a lot, haven't they, between the Championship yeah, and champ- the Premiership? Yeah, Championship League One. Um, Championship, I think, for a couple of seasons, was it? And League One, I think, might have been um, maybe one season, two. So I'm not sure if it was a, a season or two. Yeah. Uh, um, so yeah. How many goals did you score for them then, Boz? I scored two. Yeah. I played. I played more in behind the front two. They obviously it's a number ten role now, but yeah, they had, they had Goodman and probably West or Bannister up front, and I played in behind the um, front two because I could run in behind. I was quick and fit, so. They preferred me to do that, which so I didn't really get a massive opportunity to play up front. No, I did play a few up front. Yeah, but um, it was it was tough. Like you're 18, and bear in mind there was two subs those days. Um, so if you got in the, the the 13, then you'd done ever so well. And to get into the 11 was even better. Yeah, yeah, quite. Um, so it was t- it was it was tough. It was tough, but you know when you I remember Brian Talbot pulling me in, and I've been playing, and they just signed Colin West from. I think it might have been Sheffield Wednesday or Rangers, I'm not sure now. And they just signed him for probably something like 900,000. And he pulled me and he said the border um, uh, moaning at me because your plane has cost them nothing. We just signed a lad on 900,000 pounds, signed for, and he's on the bench. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I got shoved to the bench. Well, it must have done your ego some good anyway. Right, time for the first of uh, Adrian's musical choices, and it's called Fallen, and it's by Harry Styles.
Harry Styles without the rest of One Direction and it's called Fall It. So, so what brought about the uh, the partner of the ways then at uh, West Brom? Well, uh, Ozzy Ardenas came in and with Keith Birkinshaw and it, it, we sort of, we had four training sessions sort of like a reserve first team on the pitch um, and he literally just, I've been offered on, I think three months before the season, Bobby Good was there he got sacked and he'd offered me a two year contract. Right. And I was open for more money, and um, and he said, "Well, we'll wait to the end of the season, see what the board say, and and see where we finish." And I think we got relegated that year. Um, he got sacked, and the new manager come in and just released loads of us. Oh. But bear in mind, if I'd have signed that two-year contract, I probably would have been still there. Yeah. The and well. he come in and just literally got rid of. He didn't want any young players. I think there's only one lad stayed, and that was Daryl Burgess. Really. The, me, Westy, Bannister. Gary Robson, all the strikers, um, just the whole lot just went. He got rid of everybody. So, uh, without explanation, really, just, just sort yeah. of, you know, I'm, I'm looking for more experienced players. Um, and that was it. And I just, I was like, it's my club. I've been here six years. I've been offered a contract. He said, yes, but not with me. So, not a lot you can do, I suppose, is it really, in those situations? Not, not, not really. I was gutted because I, I just started to find your feet. I was in and out the first team. Um, and I usually sort of 21, you find your feet, and it's, and you're coming more established, and but it just never worked. He just that was it. He said, "I reckon another year or so would probably would have been alright." But yeah. You know. So you ended up at Torquay then. 
Yeah, I, I spoke to um, Darrow Grady at Crew. Yeah. And the guy was at Sheffield Wednesday at the time. I think they're in the Premier League. I can't remember his name now. He was the manager at the time, and he said um, he'd offered me a six-month contract, and I was looking for a year really. And Dario offered me a year, and I was looking to move away from the family really because I could still travel the crew from where I lived. Um, and I just and I and the, I can't remember it was now at Sheffield Wednesday. I really can't. And um, he said if you drop down too low, he said you'll never get back up. <laughs> And I, I said, well, I went to talk, and obviously it's time for Torquay, but and obviously I didn't. I stayed League Two, League One. That was it. Mm. It was. Mm. Um, I found it a lot. I found it more. It was more physical, more. It was difficult to play at the lower level because you used to playing around good players at West Brom. It was so much easier. Yeah, yeah. And I, I thought I could go there, and 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 do really well, and it was a lot tougher, a lot mm. tougher than I thought. But you played well according to Wikipedia. Anyway, you played sixty-five times for. Torquay had scored twenty four goals. Does that sound? Uh, yeah, I think, yeah, I think is that is that league or just? I think that's, I think that's just league. league. Yeah, yeah. So it must be a few cup yeah, games think, as well. I think overall, yeah, I think overall, I think I scored. I think it m- might have been thirty some goals. I think I've got yeah. it on my my CV. <laughs> so did you enjoy uh, enjoy your time at Torquay down yeah. by the seaside? And you know, yeah, Torquay's brilliant. Uh, there's a lad there, Scott Colcom. He was he was already there, and I, I was with him at West Brom. He was a, he was a first year scholar when I was a second year, um, so we were good mates anyway. And so there's a few people I, I knew him, I knew another person, um, Matthew Garden, I think his name was. Um, so the club was a great, really good club. The chairman Mike Bateson was brilliant. Um, it's, it's a family run club. The lads were really close. We still keep in touch now on, on WhatsApp. Yeah. Uh, and we just, you know, it was, t- it was tough, but we had, you know, we had, a, we beat the playoffs one season. Um, the first year, I think we struggled with Paul Compton, um, and and then Warnock come in, um, saved us from going down, and then um, he left and went off to, I think it might have been Huddersfield somewhere. What was he like, Neil Warnock? I mean, he always comes over as hard being work. A, it's hard work. Is he is he a Marmite type of bloke? Yes, mate. Yeah, yeah, he is. Yeah, I mean, he brought Blackie with him, Kevin Blackwell. Yeah, they were both similar people. I mean, they had a massive fall on out didn't they a few years ago, and they're back to they're back mates now. But he was he was tough to get on with. He was, I just a lot of lads just couldn't get take him. You know, mm-hmm. he brought all his own players in, and and to be fair, we would have stayed up anyway. But he he, he just he took a liking to me. For, I don't know for some reason, but I didn't really like him. Um, and he's chairman phoned me up on deadline before deadline day and said Warnock wants to take you to Huddersfield he's going um, we've accepted a bid of 100 and something thousand um, so get your bag, bags packed then literally hours before I was supposed to go that he phones up to say the club aren't going to give Warnock any money and he can't sign you <laughs> <laughs> great <laughs> I haven't built you so, up he pulled you right down again then yeah so just whether that was true I don't know whether he had a change of heart or something I don't know but sort of sort know. of story you often hear in football though isn't it yeah yeah it was all and I was I was really surprised because I just didn't like I said I just didn't take to him hmm. um, he'd swap and change he'd play and bear in mind I was probably scoring quite a few goals that season yeah and, uh, and he'd, he'd come in and he'd play you then he wouldn't he'd put in the bench he wouldn't even be in the bench he'd be in the stand I was just like I couldn't, I couldn't understand what was going on so and then all of a sudden the chairman phoned and said he wants to take you with him. I was thinking, you know, last week I'm in the stand and this week yeah. he wants to take me with him. 
Strange. Time for some more music, and this time it's Andrea Bocelli and If Only. Vedrai tu vali sì per me qualcosa più dell'oro, qualcosa come un'alba che io aspetto. If only we could turn back time Back to the day we said goodbye Maybe your heart would still be mine My love, if only Don't they say when you find Shelley there and if only so then you ended up at uh, Gillingham yeah they they came I think they signed me I think it was in the end it worked out about 85 grand I think it was 55 then extras or something yeah uh, Mike Flanagan that talkie phone 
said to me, listen, you're not going to go to Huddersfield, but Torquay have come in for you now. Uh, sorry, Gillingham are coming for you now. I think it's pre-season, just before the just before the first game of the season. Said we've accepted the bid. We need the money. You know, you need to go. <laughs> oh, fair enough. Then. <laughs> That's my daughter right there. Um, there you go. Um, so I, I went. I drove to Gillingham on the Thursday and signed and played on Saturday. And you, you, you were there for a while, well, 40 games anyway, that's at least a season, I should assume yeah, I, from I, that. I think ever since I left Torquay, I had a lot of bad injuries. Gillingham had two bad injuries. and I think ever since then, it went every season I'd have an injury and be out for five months. So, yeah. overall, I didn't really play many games. And, and it gets getting to a point when you're 26, 27, and managers are phoning you up and saying, because I never had an agent, I didn't think I needed one. Um, how's your ankle? How's your other ankle? How's this? And are you fit? We don't have fork out money for you if you're not going to if own play off the season it was getting to a point where it was just getting to me really I was thinking crikey what am I going to do um, so yeah that was the tough thing that there were still clubs interested but worry about me um, why have you played 20 games this season or 19 as well injury and then that injury and stuff so I think injury helped me back I think through my career having too many bad ones Looking at looking at the figures here, but I mean, you 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 then sort of really had a, a pretty purple spell in, in so much as um, sixteen goals at least for Hereford, uh, yeah. then twenty five for Ruston and Diamonds, and then nine for Yeovil, and then eight for Forest Green. So you had a, a good little spell there, didn't you, Hereford? Yeah, I, I, I saw it. Hereford was probably the only. I ended up getting twenty one goals that season with League and Cup, and and like, and it was. That season, it was. I never had one injury. Hmm. Um, the, the, this be there's, there's a company who used to come in and massage you. Um, they were sort of getting their hours in, and I remember getting like my ankle manipulated every Tuesday, every Thursday, um, and for some reason, um, I never had any injuries at all. And yeah. then playing majority season, um, I'm being fine. Then after that, I. Back to back to square one again, injuries again. Mm. Which, which did you which did you enjoy? I mean, out of those three, Hereford, Ruston, and Yeovil, which was your most enjoyable spell? Um, would you say? Well, Hereford was Hereford was really good until we got relegated, and they tried to blame me for it. it was a bit disappointing. No, um, cool. how could they possibly blame you, Foz? Well, they, <laughs> they made a shirt, and I was school where I about to show this shirt underneath my, my shirt. Um, I think it was because the Brighton game, um, they had somebody to, because I'd left and Russian Diamonds come and paid money for me and signed me, they they felt I'd left the sinking ship and so they blamed me for mm-hmm. the club. And uh, it, Obviously, it got sorted later on when I managed for him because we played Hereford and, and there was a big, um, they come up to me and were questioning me and, and there's a few people said, well, to be fair, by Christmas we'd have been relegated if we didn't score the goals he'd scored. So, they're right in the end. But who, no, was, I, who was that Graham Turner manager yeah, there Graham Turner, yeah he was brilliant he was really good yeah. we had Steve Richard there as well yeah what Steve ex Oval yes he was assistant manager we just called him Sergeant Steve <laughs> <laughs> he'd bark orders at us and then what about Rush to the Diamonds because you had 55 at least 55 games yeah. there and, and 25 goals at least so that must have been a good yeah. spell yeah I've I, I done really well I started off the season really well banking loads of goals there Everything was great. Then I had a bloody virus from Dominican Republic, um, which knocked me off my feet for a couple of months. And yeah. then I then I done my ankle and had an operation. And it was again, it was just the same old, same old. Each season, I had an injury. 
um, and then and it was just hard to get back for fitness. And by the time I got fit, the season was over. So it was just it was I was there's a point in my career when I was wasn't really enjoying football mm. because when I got myself fit, I'd find myself injured again. Yeah, you know. Um, I mean, I, I, I Dimes is good because the place was a phenomenal place. Mm. The, the facilities, the ground. The club looked after you. We had digs, houses. We could stay in. They gave us food. Um, it was just, it was just like a Premier League club. It was Talbot had it perfect. Um, it's full time. Um, we had a good side. We should have won the league really when, when when I was there. Really, me and Darren Collins up front were banging loads of goals at the time. Um, but no, that it was a good club. I, I did enjoy it. But Talbot was a, I like I like Brian. He was he signed me at West Brom. Signed me at Rushton, but. He was just a big warrior. He used to worry and worry and worry the players, and and it just had put added pressure on the players because it was such a everybody come to Ruston would want to. It was like a World FA Cup to them. Mm. You're playing in a Nim Park was which was phenomenal, and they'd raise the game and it'd be so yeah. you'd probably just beat one nil or something. Or, um, but then they, then the, the team that you just beaten one nil would go and get beat five nil. Time for the king now, Elvis Presley, and love me ten. Love me tender, love me sweet Never let me go You have made my life complete And I love you so Love me tender, love me true all my dreams fulfilled For my darling I love you And I always will Love me tender Love me long Take me your heart for it's there that I belong and will never part love me tender love me true all my dreams fulfilled for my darling, I love you, and I always will. Love me tender, love me dear, tell me you are mine. I'll be yours through all. Till the end of time Love me tender Love me true All my dreams fulfilled For my darling I love you And I always
the king there, of course, Elvis Presley, and love me ten. Was that during the period of time when Rushton were, you know, the big boys are spending all the money yeah. and really going for it? Yeah, they were. We, they spent loads of money. Um, I think I, when I left, they had, they started then pumping even more money in because they got into the league one, didn't they? Yeah. And they were just offering money. They they, they offered players myself and a few other lads who had been in the league just offering us crazy money just to get us where we got. Like it was, you just thought to yourself, how the hell are they going to sustain this for a long mm. period of time with one man just pumping the money in? Was 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 that was Warren Patmore there when you were there? Or was yeah, I was a, was a left when I was at was a, when I was at Yeovil. So when I was when I signed for Yeovil, he was at Yeovil then. Oh, I got gotcha. you. Weston Diamonds were there with it when he pulled out of the warm up with a with a um, supposedly uh, calf strain or hamstring strain. <laughs> <laughs> Can't imagine was a pulling a stroke like that. Can you? <laughs> <laughs> and he kept saying fifty grand, fifty grand for us. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> So you ended up at Yeovil in 1999. Um, tell me about that. How did you end up coming to Yeovil? Well, I'd just come back off holiday and had a message from Colin Nippett saying, um, we're interested in signing you. Never heard of Yeovil, never knew where Yeovil was. Um, could he come and have a, a meeting? So I drove down. He wasn't there at the time. I saw John Fry and, um, and I just had an operation on my ankle. So I was literally I had 19 stitches in my ankle going to see the chairman to sign contracts. So he said, "Whatever you do, wear a pair of trainers and don't limp." Uh, <laughs> Fit and ready to go then. <laughs> yeah. So I turned up. And they offered me a three-year contract, it was two years and an optional on both parties, um, and I signed. But I, I turned up pre-season, not not fit. So mm. I missed. I think I missed the start of the season. I think I might have missed a lot. Of, no, I think I, I, I started the season but missed pre-season with um, my injury. So when I saw Nibsey, I'd already signed my contract. I saw Nibsey and he was like, what, what have you got your stitches in your ankle without me giving you medical before you sign? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sounds like you're over. <laughs> yeah, 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 man, yeah. But so that was that was 1999. But I mean, you you had uh, you know a, a, a fair spell there, and you got nine goals. I mean, I can remember seeing some of them. I couldn't tell you against, yeah. but um, that was when I, certainly I met you then the first time there. Because do you remember yeah. you came over and watched the FA Cup game um, over at the cricket club, and we rigged up yeah. Sky up there? Do you remember? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, I do. Yeah, Blackpool and uh, Nick Crittenden scored, didn't he? So yeah, uh, yeah. So, but I mean, looking at looking at you, you, you had two more spells after that where you were 32 games at least for Forest Green Rovers, and then another 42 at least for Bath. So, it's not as though your injuries were really getting you down that bad because you were you were, you were playing a fair amount of games. Yeah, it was it was taking its toll though. You know, I mm. missed training um, on a Thursday or I missed training on a Tuesday and train Thursday. Um, it, was, it was a point where. Yeovil when they went full time or struggling to get up in the mornings and and not be in pain so I think I remember having the conversation with Webby and he pulled me and said like you know you're on good money We, we if you're not playing I can't afford you to be here on this money hmm. uh, I remember Dave Norton phoning me and saying listen Forrest Green are interested in signing you um, so I pulled Webby and said listen if you can give me a little bit of money I'll, I'll, I'll leave and, and I'll go to Forrest Green Mm. I wish I never did really. I wish I wish I'd have probably stayed, but I was struggling. I think I was what twenty eight, twenty nine, and then yeah, twenty twenty nine, and, and back to full time. I struggled with it. Mm. 
um, trying to get back to full fitness again. And it was just my my, my joints, man, because it's just way too sore. Yeah, continue to do that again. But uh, nonetheless, goals were going in. Fifteen at yeah. minimum at Bath and eight at Forest Green. So it wasn't as though you were losing any no. of your effectiveness, really, was it? No, I, I got. Before I got really fit at Bath, I'd started doing boxing with, with Johnny Vance. Yeah. And um, got really fit, and 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 I sort of banging load of goals at the time, and um, and but then I I got another bad injury, um, playing. I don't know what I've done. I I might have ruptured my Achilles, and and then I just said, listen, they were paying me on a contract, and I said to listen, guys, and they was they never had much money at Bath City, and I said just just listen, don't bother paying me up, just cancel my contract. Because um, I had a good relationship with Alan Pridham, hmm. uh, the manager, a real nice guy, and I, and, I, and I felt it wasn't fair that I wasn't going to be fit for the rest of the season, and I was just taking money from them. Yeah. And listen, just cancel my contract, um, and then I'll, I'll just leave and go. Well, that's something you don't often hear about—a fair-minded, considerate footballer. Well, yeah, <laughs> I probably came a bit more, a bit more mellow as I got a little bit older, but yeah, yeah it was, I just felt, you know, they. I think that year I, I banged loads, and I think we kept them up in the in the league, and and I sort of then I just thought, you know what, I enjoyed it. To be fair, it was a, it was a good club, good lads, but I just didn't feel like it was right for me to just keep pumping money out of the club and hmm. and not partaking. So I just said, listen, just just cancel it, and that was it. So I kept watching, I watched them for a bit, and when I wasn't playing, and and I I wouldn't sign for anybody, and then um then I stopped going like that. But yeah, it's a good club. Um, Fozzie's next musical choice is One of a Kind by Ronan Keating and Emily Sunday. Late night, butterflies, tomorrow's play, playing on my mind. And I'm counting down the seconds. Whiskey need to tame the nerves. Can't wait to see the way they look at you Answering the question Just say you do Your love is one of a kind And I'm not alone anymore Just when I thought I was your face and my whole life changed Your love is one of a kind Even long after we're gone Our love will always live on Will you dance with me as the choir sings Your love is one of a kind oh, 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 oh. So dance a fireside, our favorite wine The photographs of the years gone by And I wouldn't change a second Oh, 
one of a kind there from Ronan Keating and Emily Sunday. So would it would it be fair to say then that really that when you left Bath City that was sort of you know your your football career yeah. basically finished. Yeah. Well, I, I didn't. I, don't, I can't. I can't remember how long I didn't play for. Probably a year or so I didn't play. Yeah, might be longer than that. I don't know now. Um, and then I had a, a phone call from Russell Musker. He used to be a Taunton Town manager. Yeah. Did you fancy coming back and playing? And I was like, not really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I was like, he said, well, and there's a few lads there I was with at Torquay, Tom Cow, um, Ellis Late, um, a few other lads, Mark Lauren, um, I knew. So I said, he said, just come along training. So I went training and, God, I struggled massively for a good six weeks yeah. trying to get fit and, and not be in pain. And I think I played quite a few games that season. I, don't, I can't remember now. I mean, Lynch scored hatfuls, I think, that well, it says it says here seventeen games and ten goals, but like you say, we're not too sure about Wikipedia yeah. anyway. But so I, I, yeah, it was, it was all right. Musk was I, I've known Musk for years, like, and I was like, yeah. you know what? I, said, I just played. I think I played one season, and then just thought, crikey, um, yeah, I just, uh, I didn't want to go back again. No. I didn't. Enjoy, I, I enjoyed the lads, but the, their style of football at my age was pumping the ball in the corners. wasn't my. Not my type of football. Yeah, and then street, a little spell at street. Yeah, uh, and then Chard Town, and and then you started on the old management front. Yeah, that yeah. must have been a bit of a change of. Uh... Well, I, yeah, I signed for Gill, and and then I sort of sort of play a coach, and I become manager, and um, played when I could, or, or and we had a good side, really, I had a hell of a side. Mm. For that level, I took him from the Dorset Prem to the Tour Station Prem, and we had some players there who I had taken from there to throw me as well. Yeah, two leagues higher, so we had a good, we had a really good side for that level of football, and it was come to I think come to the time when we were looking to get promotion with Larkall. Um but the club Dave Graham, who's, who's brilliant chairman, he just said, "Foz, we can't afford to go up." It's going to cost us twenty-five grand to pump into a, a ground that we're never going to own, and probably in the next five, seven years we'll have our own ground, which is just down the road. Um, so I said, "Well, it's not. You know, I'm looking to manage higher if I can." So I left. Mm. I didn't want to. I didn't want to have a group of lads where they're trying to get promotion but weren't allowed to because the club couldn't afford to go up. So frustrating I should think um, you know you, play, is, you played Mark a win and then you, you, you're told well you're not going to get the benefits of winning so yeah and it was hard when you you know we had a good budget but playing lads good money I had, I had people like Vallis Bowles Vance Ben Thompson who's at Weymouth still um, I had Lee Gale who banged loads of goals in Matt Chant you know I had a, uh, Rodriguez Harry Baker who's still playing some mm. Prem I had, a, I had a, a team that was unbelievable for that level of football um, what about Froome Town how was, how was there you went there yeah, obviously I, they, yeah they, they, they called me on a Sunday and said would I be interested to go up and chat to the chairman and, and I spoke to them and, and they wanted to take me on as a, as a manager so first season I I think I took Thorpey with me and we you know we, we got out of relegation we went on a massive run won loads of games and done really well and they offered me a two year contract which I'd signed 
but I expected then my budget. We, we, you just asked Thorpe, me and Thorpe, we like we had the worst budget in the league. Yeah. Half half the time I wouldn't get paid because I wanted to put it back in the budget. Um, and I was like, you know, we don't ever say, well, we'll be finished for the for a club that was average club. And I said, if we can sign a couple of players, then we'll progress again. But they weren't willing to pump any money in. Our budget was £1,600. £1,590 it was a week, and that was for me, Thorpe, and the goalkeeping coach as well. Hmm. Um, and I could have I signed Tonks, which is an unbelievable signing. I, I knew he'd left Aldershot. And I said, listen, um, do you want to come play for me? 150 quid a week. And he said, well, I've just been offered 450 at Hemel. And Hemel was on his doorstep. Yeah. Listen, you ain't got a train. Just come up on a Saturday, and he and he, he ended up signing for me. And he was a revelation. He was brilliant. But he was getting his money. Was he was phoning me up, Foz? I've got thirty pound less. I've got fifty pound less. What's going on? And so he left, and I was just thinking, well, was, you know, I wanted to leave at the time because I was thinking, I'm banging my head against a brick wall. I said, you're going to sack me. You wouldn't get relegated unless you pump some money into the club. Um, and we, we we just missed out on relegation. And, um, and we start the season with I think we had nine first team players unavailable for suspension injury it's just, just my luck got from bad to worse and they, they, I think they were all available on the sixth game and on the fifth game I got sacked <laughs> great <laughs> good yeah. timing then I'd worked my hardest to sign Tyler Civic. remember Tyler Civic who played for Larkhall mm, I don't know the name I have to I say played but... Jovel in the Somerset Cup once and I remember I'm not sure it was Terry Skiverton or somebody phoned me up. It might have been Norman Haywood as well. Said, listen, there's this lad called Tyler Sibbick. Played him in the Somerset Cup at Larkhall. He overdid. And he tore him to pieces. And he said, would he, would, would, do, you know, do you know the lad? I said, yeah, I know him. Would he be willing to come for a trial pre-season? So I phoned him up and says, Tyler, it's Fozzie. Um, Yeovil looking to take you on pre-season if you're interested. But I think he was doing his B licence at the time. Hmm. So he's gone into coaching over at Bournemouth. And um, so I knew him vaguely and I phoned him up and said, do you want to come to, to Froome? He said, yeah, but I won't be available for the first five games because I'm away with my missus touring Europe for six weeks. So I just signed him. I was going to have him and Ben Thompson up front, which would have been a phenomenal partnership. And I signed a centre-half and a couple of the lads on basic money. And um, I thought, you know, we'll have a good push, but they weren't going to be ready till the sixth game. <laughs> Yeah, I started the way you want to start. If you've got to, you know, minus one of your best players for six games, is it, at the start of the season? It's yeah, hardly... and it was like, uh, and I was functioning with players who weren't fit but had to play. Mm. Uh, I think we, I said to the chairman, if we can get any points out of the first six games, five games, it'd be a miracle. And I think we lost two and drew three. So it was, to be fair, mm. it, was, it was a good turnaround considering. Yeah. Uh, but they sacked me on the Saturday when we got beat. I think it might be 4 5 1 at um, Chesham, who were, to be fair, Chesham were flying at the time. They were, they were a decent side. But now you're your own boss with your own business, very successfully by yeah. all accounts. Um, you enjoying yeah. being your own boss? Um, I don't like work, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I enjoy I enjoy being my own boss. Yeah. Uh, but I don't like painting. Right. I don't enjoy my job, but at the end of the day, it pays the bills and it pays what pays the mortgage and um, you know I, I want to get into football full time again. Yeah. Um, I, I finished my A licence a few years ago and passed that. Um, I did. I did the lucky enough to work for the Overtown, doing the 16s and working with the 18s for a little bit with um, Jeff Harrop and um, I, did, I enjoyed that. But obviously, then I left because good friends. You know, obviously, you know, they're going to politics, but good friends 
you know, were pushed out, and mm. I felt I felt that I uh, didn't want to be in a club that I couldn't trust people to work who I worked with. So um, I left, which was, I was gutted really because I I enjoyed it. Mm. Uh, it was hard because three nights a week and Saturdays, so you miss out with the children and watching them play. But um, I, I was asked to go back again. Terry Skiverton asked me if I want to go back and win the 16s again, and I I said no, not really. So if you didn't like painting, how come you set up as a painter? Well, I worked for somebody um, ten years ago when I stopped my business. And I got made redundant. Right. And I, I knew I could paint, and I just thought, you know, I was in Portugal with my family and friends, and we were sat there trying to make business cards, um, and come back a holiday, and, and I started my first job, and that was it. it. Just went from there. Oh well, fair enough. It's been successful. That's the main thing. Yeah, you know, it, it, it is good because you can you go in and you work and you've got nowhere to listen to, nowhere to talk to, and it's great, and get on with the job and come home and, and yeah, but I'd rather be in, into football full-time. Mm. That, that's that's my aim, to work with. I'd like to get work with strikers. I've, you know, I, I when I first started the Oval, I, I started um, position-specific work based around the strikers and stuff. And yeah. I introduced that, Willow let me do that, and um, it was really successful. And then I left and stopped. So I'd like to do something like that, really. Mm. Well, who, who's to say that that's not around the corner, mate? You never know. Well, hopefully. I'd, I'd like to... Someone like Yeovil. I'd like someone like Yeovil. Something like that would suit me. Yeah. Working with strikers and stuff. Um, you know, you, you watch the games and you and you just think, yes, it's good doing finishing work and finishing draws, but it's also you need to be in the position to be able to finish them. And if you don't work, work around those drills based on where you're going to finish it then they're never going to pick up the right positions does that make sense they're yeah I think gonna... I, I understand what you mean yeah 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 they, they, you know they, they need you know for them to score their get get their chances they need to be in the right positions yeah, yeah. when you watch sometimes they're not in the right positions so they're never going to get create those chances for themselves yeah. you know so you base around your sessions on where they're going to look to score and it becomes second nature you just keep going over it and over it and over it again and um then that scenario happens in the game, and then they they're in the right place and they score. Well, look, mate. Specific work. So. Thank you ever so much for joining us, Foz. Um, it's been interesting. Um, I knew you were a baggy, but I didn't know you were quite such an intense baggy as you're a baggy. But uh... oh, mate, yeah, I'm a big baggies fan. I just I remember I remember going when I was probably early six, probably six seven, watching it with my my dad was a, all my family Wolves fans. Yeah, uh, and my dad's brother was West Brom, so he used to take me. To the games, with my dad, and I remember sort of then. Obviously, then I got older and started catching a train from Kidderminster to Craigley and into West Brom, and and I remember watching one of my highlights was watching Don Goodman. I think he just signed from Bradford for like <coughs> sixty-five thousand or thirty-five thousand, and stood there watching him in the crowd, and then literally two and a half years later taking kickoff with him. Right, time for the last of Fozzie's choices, and this one is called "You Are the Reason" by Callum Scott. My mind racing 
And you are the reason That I'm still breathing I'm hopeless now I'd climb every mountain And swim every ocean Just to be I need you to see that you are the reason. There goes my hand shaking, and you are the reason. My heart keeps bleeding, and I need. Turn back the clock I'd make sure the light Defeated the dark I'd spend every hour Of every day Keeping you safe And I'd climb every mountain And swim every ocean Just to be Reason there by Callum Scott. That was a that was a sort of stood there in front of me saying, "Don, do you realise I'm you're one of my idols?" When I, he was like, "Oh shit, I thought." He was like, <laughs> "So that that was one of the best moments of having that sort of watching him and giving him stick and then playing in front of him." <laughs> yeah, because Kidderbits died. We went on uh, uh, when we were on holiday. We went to um, was it the Seven Valley Railways up there? Oh, yeah, Kidderbits there. Yeah. Got a great got some great stuff. I mean, I've been in. I'm a bit of an anorak for steam engines yeah. and what have you. Yeah. And uh, no, the um, Seven Valley is amazing. Yeah, Kiddy Star Port, he's got some heritage, you know. Yeah, yeah, no, it's good there. But anyway, thanks, Fuzzy, for joining us. Um, uh, I'll let you know when it's going to be on. Well, that was Adrian Foster. Hope you enjoyed the show. Join us again next week on Three Valleys Radio. a blue shoots up through the stony ground there's no room no 
space to rent in this town You're out of luck And the reason that you had to care The traffic is stuck And you're not moving anywhere You thought you found a friend To take you out of this place Someone you can lend a hand in return for grace. It's a beautiful day.